0: and for all of the women in your lives, past, present, and future, to honor our matriarchal lines, all who came before and all who will come after. J Ma. Hi everyone, thank you for tuning in today. I am sending so much love out to all of you as we move through these wild, wild times where we're feeling so many feelings and my heart is heavy, as I'm sure many of yours are as well. As I record this, it is Monday, June 1st, 2020. A week ago, George Floyd was murdered on Memorial Day. And since then, this country has been in a sense at war quite literally many of our cities are burning and we are divided and we have been you know we're we're riding through about 3 months now or close to 3 months of the coronavirus lockdown having many of our personal rights being stripped of us and everyone is having lots of big feelings and then we add the layer of race inequality that has plagued our country from the very beginning. And as we all have been saying, it is also in our astrology, this year, this time that we are all here alive is a radical awakening. It is a radical change. And I think, you know, we like one layer pulls back and we're like, okay, this, this is it. And then it just keeps continuing. You know, there's like every day it feels like a new layer to work with to be scared of, to have anxiety around. And um, I don't really have that many wise words today, honestly. I just want to acknowledge I'm here with you. And we all must do what we can to look within ourselves, have conversations, have uncomfortable conversations, have very open conversations in our, even in our own selves, our own lives, our own family lineage, on where we have been reaping benefits, but not helping others. And, you know, there's a very important distinction in this term that is used widely right now is white privilege, and it can be very triggering. Um, But I think the important distinction to remember is that white privilege means that we, or I, I'll speak for myself, have not had to deal with certain things based on the color of my skin. It doesn't mean I haven't had traumas. It doesn't mean I haven't gone through hard things. It doesn't mean I have, haven't have had my life story. What it means is that I don't wake up every morning wondering if I'm going to be shot or if I'm going to be arrested for no reason. Those thoughts do not enter my brainwaves as they do for many hundreds of thousands, if not millions of our brothers and sisters that are brown or black that have more melanin in their skin <clears throat> and it's crazy and it does need to stop and i really pray deeply on my knees that this is the rock bottom that will bring us together and um, i don't want to go deep into my beliefs right now i do have a lot of political beliefs i have a lot of big feelings about what has actually been going on through this whole coronavirus. Um, I think there's been so much fear mongering and um, it doesn't really matter what my thoughts and feelings are to be truthful. It really matters what you feel and where you find comfort and where you educate yourselves. But I do want everyone to understand that if you're watching mainstream media, know that you are getting a very specific lens and a very specific agenda fed to you. Because all of the media, all of the mainstream media, newspapers, magazines, even down to the Village Voice in New York City are owned by very, very, very rich white men with an agenda. So, you know, just know that. If you want to uncover more, there's so many resources on social media. And please do educate yourself. Um, Because with all this chaos, that's when a lot of stuff And our government gets pushed through new laws, new bills, um, while we aren't looking, while we aren't paying attention. So we actually have to hold even more now. We have to extend the capacity to hold all the things right now so that we don't lose focus and we don't lose even more of our human rights. And um, I am going to take a quiet moment on social media. I feel like I don't need to be spouting anything I need to be listening, I need to be praying, I need to be meditating, and I need to be um, partnering with causes that are really making active change. So that's where I am right now. When I get to LA, I will then have the energy to make some positive impact, but I'm just pulling back a moment because my nervous system is wrecked. These couple of months have been so hardcore at home with my two kids full-time while trying to work, while trying to figure out my business how it changes moving forward. And um, I travel cross country. I'm with my mom for a couple of weeks and I really want to be in the present moment. I want to be here with my children and my mom. That's what I have right now. That is very privileged. I'm very lucky. I'm very blessed. And I need to kind of circle the wagons, you know, like close up my energetic field for a beat so that I can process all of this and heal and um listen to people of color right now what they need what they're saying how i need to educate myself um but I, i always am here and you can always dm me um i'll be in and out of the the social media sphere but um you know it's a lot it's a lot of us holding a lot of things and if you're woken up If you're conscious, uh, we even have more layers that we're dealing with. So you also need to balance your time on social media or reading the news with deep self-care, meditation, sleep, prioritize sleep right now. Please prioritize sleep. Prioritize getting your kids on a schedule so that you can sleep. Prioritize eating healthy food, getting vitamin D every day, slowing down when you can, because all of those things we need to rebuild a lot of us are strung out. All my mom friends, most of, on, of you on social media reaching out, we're strung out, we're exhausted. We're so exhausted and we can't keep fighting that way. So we need to refill our cups so that we actually can move forward and make mega change happen, facilitate and support mega change happening. Um, when I recorded this interview with Tracy Boldeman Tatkin, it was in mid-February. Which now feels like lifetimes ago. And it's all about volunteerism, finding ways to volunteer with our children. I am so fired up to find new pathways for this locally when I get back to LA and maybe even globally. You know, I really want to think outside the box and how we can bring our children into these discussions on racism and making a difference and not. Sheltering them from it anymore. I never really did shelter my kids from a lot of that talk Um, Obviously, you need to share things when they're age-appropriate, but um, In Los Angeles, that's something I really do see all around me is sheltering kids from uh, Difficult discussions or what homeless people are or any violence and I get it It's because you don't want your kid to grow up too quickly to, to lose that childhood wonder. But what I see is a lot of entitled kids, to be honest. And there has to be a way to bridge that gap. And um, if we're gonna be world citizens now, we have to start acting that way. And we have to start caring that way. And we have to start voting with our dollars that way. And we have to start giving our dollars you know, we can't be in this hoarding mentality anymore. And I'm speaking just to this kind of global economy, but I'm just speaking from what I see and I see it a lot uh, in our country. You know, we have this, this fear that we're going to, if you have money, you're going to lose it all. Um, but money is energy. And you know, that, that old um, thing of tithing, you know, and people did it often in churches where you make a certain amount and you give a certain amount. And I think if we all started doing that, we could really activate change in our local communities pretty swiftly. So anyway, I hope that you enjoy this podcast. It is an interview that is very close to my heart. I love Tracy. Um, As many of you know, she is married to Stan Tatkin, which if you listen to this podcast, you know my love for Stan. And my husband and I went on a... um, couples retreat last April with Tracy and Stan in Costa Rica, and I've shared about that on this podcast before, so you can circle back to that. But she is just a true inspiration, such a badass, such a powerhouse, and such a kind, loving spirit. So I hope you enjoy the listen, and please reach out if you're interested. I will be figuring out volunteering for us moms and kids. Somehow, some way we're gonna make it happen. Sending love out to all of you, J-Ma. Hi everyone. I wanted to share the glasses that I've been wearing that you've been seeing me post on Instagram. The blue blocks, B-L-U-B-L-O-X. They are blue light blocking glasses. So I've been using them whenever I'm on the computer or watching a movie or on my phone, which I'm really working obviously a lot more online right now. So I've been using them on the daily and I have to say, I've really noticed a change in my light sensitivity and my dry eyes and that kind of like headachey feel I get when I'm on a screen too long. And I've been wanting to try these at least a year, if not two years, and I'm finally have a pair and I love them. They're super cute. I'm getting all sorts of compliments, but They have a variety of lenses to choose from. So I recommend going on to their website to check them out further. They have um, four different lenses. They have the sleep lens. It's a red lens that blocks blue and green light after sunset. They have the blue light lens, which I use for artificial light during the day. And it targets the frequencies of light that cause migraines, headaches, and macular degeneration and digital eye strain. I think we all um, can attest to that if we're on our screens for a long time. Then there are the yellow summer glow lens, which are really cool. It's light blocking meets color therapy. And then they have a REM, so it's a remedy sleep mask, which is 100% light blocking sleep mask proven to increase restorative sleep cycles, REM and deep sleep. They also are a company that gives back. So with each pair of glasses that they sell, a pair is donated to a charity called Restoring Vision who gives a pair of glasses then to someone that needs them and can't afford it. And that is a really big part of their mission of this company. So I totally stand behind that. They are the leading scientifically proven blue light Blocking glasses. So now there are a couple of new companies out there, but Blue Blocks is truly the gold standard. And um, I can just tell if you go on their website and you read about it, you can really tell they've done their deep dive and research, and are a total legit leader in this in this subject. Blue Blocks is offering a very generous code for you guys. The Mother the Mother listeners get fifteen percent off their order. And you do that by going to blueblocks.com slash MTM. That is B-L-U-B-L-O-X dot com slash capital M-T-M. Blueblocks.com slash MTM, which stands for mother of the mother. And if you have any questions, feel free to DM me per usual. Again, I've been using these personally. This is something I totally stand behind and use daily. And I just want to share with you so that you can get these benefits as well. Hi, Tracy.
1: Hi. Thank
0: you so much for being here.
1: <laughs> Thank you for inviting me of course. and asking me to do something well outside of my comfort zone.
0: Well, I appreciate you for taking a leap and showing up. And I just asked. I mean, that's the thing that this having a podcast is kind of greater than me because I get really shy. Mm-hmm. Is it's It doesn't feel like it's for me. It's for everyone listening. And all my mom friends and mm-hmm. literally people from all over the world. I mean, I think I have a small but devout followers. Of you know, mothers. Listeners. Yeah, of mothers. Because we all need the support and we need the
1: the village. Oh, I'm, you know, you know I have a great village. Mm. Three of wh- whom I walked with. Yeah. Which we've been walking that. together for 28 years.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. Or riding I bike. I love that. Once a week. Uh, I love that.
0: So you're you grew up in L.A. I did in Topanga and the Palisades.
1: Lived in in Topanga and That's then moved that. to yeah Pasadena. I was born <laughs> at Huntington Memorial Hospital oh, in Pasadena, and then moved to Topanga and then to uh, the Palisades. Went to UCLA. I didn't travel far.
0: Yeah, why well, you don't need to though?
1: <laughs> you have the beach.
0: And you went to Pali. I went to Pali. Pali. That gives me hope. <laughs> For my old children's education. Well, and Stan Um, did as well. I know. When he told us that, David and I in therapy, we're like, really? You did? And we came up, We're like, even Stan went to Valley (laughs) High. (laughs) Stan is obviously a star in our lives, as you know, and everyone that listens to this podcast. Tracy is married to Stan Tatkin. And we're going to delve into Tracy's work first, but also her and Stan's work with the PACT Institute, which is so important. I'm so glad that you guys do this and are spreading it around the world.
1: We love what we do.
0: So let's just start in, because of course we were talking before we hit record, as I always do, but how did you get drawn into this world of philanthropy and volunteering and and being of service?
1: Well, uh, the family that I grew up in, um, we were always of service and we were always volunteering and we were always um, essentially part of a community. Mm -hmm. And that's what I felt growing up. And so I I, I felt gifted with a sense of belonging that I didn't see in some of my peers, especially, you know, the Palisades is an affluent area. And so it really gave me a sense of value. So yeah. I always had done it and I continue to do it. And after college, I was kind of, I moved to Orange County and became like a windsurfer.
0: Ah, and cool.
1: yeah, well, <laughs> I was a surfer here, but I was windsurfing. Mm-hmm. And then finally, when it was time to really grow up... Um, I got this wonderful opportunity to work for the Jules and Dora Stein Foundation, and that was 35 years ago. Wow! So I still continue to work with the different iterations of the foundations of the Stein family and others. And um, one of the things that that you and I were talking about beforehand is uh, my excitement not only that I get to, uh, you know, work with families on their philanthropic giving and help them design you know, strategic grant making. But I was able to organize a next generation of uh, philanthropists in their family so that I brought the younger generation in and they would do 20 hours of community service. They would write up what they'd done and what benefit it had for the organization. And then they could select an organization to receive a $1,000 grant. Mm. And when I put that program together and the board adopted it, it really it again made my heart sing. Mm -hmm.
0: I love that. I I mean, is that something that like can could a group of just moms
1: with kids get involved with that? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. What it is 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 it's allowing the kids to, you know, oh, I you know my daughter loves to read. So then, what program is great with reading? You go, you volunteer, you do reading, and then what? organization is helping, you know, kids read Mm, and then they research that and then they can present it to the group of moms is, you know, this is why I picked this organization. This is what it does. This is who it benefits. And, you know, initially you have to kind of help them organize and structure it, but then they can, you know, get a $500 grant or a hundred dollars. It, it, it just starts wherever, whatever level Wherever you are, yeah, whatever. and then the money goes towards that organiz- books
0: or resources
1: or whatever you're right. using, mm-hmm. right? Whatever organization is is they found. I mean, that's just one passion. It can be so many and, more.
0: Well, I love that so much because it's because um, I read your paper, which we'll t- we can talk about also. But just showing that, which obviously makes sense, the more that you're invested in what you're doing, volunteering and being of service, and really feeling like you're making a difference in someone's life in a meaningful way, you're more apt to want to keep doing it, right? So figuring out from a young age how you can really bring your gifts to a a community that needs assistance is so massive.
1: Right. And when you're young, when you're, you know, I I was trying to find the where, you know, which citation it was that they indicated when a child is seven is a really good age Mm. for them to know. The separation of themselves and what they're doing. Mm. And I was writing down, um, just some facts about youth volunteerism. Um, that I'd love to hear. Yeah. That, that it's so much more fun to do it with friends. So that's when you're mm-hmm. saying that you've got this mm-hmm. circle a group. of that, that, that also the kids then are able to reflect with each other and to the parents so that it's not just the volunteerism that's important. It's the reflection later. And so that really embeds it for them. Um, And it's important as they get older that they really have a voice in what they're doing in designing. Like, well, I want to do this. So then they own it. Yeah. Right? You know, other people just – I mean, I've I've seen it with friends where they're going, oh, well, you know, well, I've got three kids, so we're just all going here. Right. And the one, it doesn't – really into it. It doesn't resonate with. So it's kind of like it's not as um, comfortable. But even – When kids are young, they can do a a used book drive and find a place that needs books. They can do it with their school if the teacher will let them. There's um, an organization called Court Appointed Special Advocates, which uh, help the kids throughout the foster system. Mm -hmm. And it's downtown. And they're always looking for gently used stuffed animals, things like that, because these kids come through and they had to leave everything behind. So they need the books. And that's a good one to know about. Casa. I help get you the information. Okay. But they we, have them all over.
0: We do that a lot in our own home and we give it to our nanny, Anna, who's you know a beloved person in our lives. And she actually takes them down to an orphanage in Mexico. But I like doing something in our own community also. And that's something so easy. I mean, every mom I talk to is like, I want to get rid of stuff. I'm purging. I want to get rid. But it's also, you know, the more you dig deep, like. Salvation Army and Goodwill, like all these things, they're just going, a lot of it's going to a landmine. I mean, like, uh, you know, Landfill. a dove. <laughs> <Landfill. Yeah. laughs> um, I'm feeling very fired up today. Um, so, really having places where you know your things are going to be used for the greater good is so important.
1: And you could even do it uh, at Sojourn House here in Santa Monica. Mm-hmm. Again, that's for battered women and children. Yeah. And these kids are in need of different books different you know yeah, objects to make all them of that feel yeah and it, um you know even I was reading that it's so important to visit nursing homes and go and and do that if if kid plays a piano or something they can go do that once a month mm-hmm. just find ways where it fits and it, they they are all in every community it's just we have to find them and and then organize it but if you're doing it with a group of moms that's even better I'm all in for that. All right, LA moms,
0: let's rally together. <laughs> DM me.
1: <laughs> I mean, so fun if you get you uh, as your as your kids get older. I mean, so much fun to do Habitat for Humanity days with uh, with uh, you know kids, and I've done it with the teens or go to the uh, there's in Ocean Park community center. I think it is OPCC does um, Saturday meals. So you can oh, go to the kitchen, that. you okay. can prep, you can feed. And that's another important thing is it's it's getting harder as the regulations go on, as I was saying earlier, to have that interaction with the population that you're connecting with and you're doing the service for. Um, but that's one your kids are just seeing and they're feeding. And
0: that's one thing that I've come up against because we've always been very, for better or worse, open with Jemima. And, you know, when she was like, 2 years old she started asking about homeless people you know why don't they have a home and you know we always you know talk about gratitude every day how lucky we are it's so important to give back you know i mean we have a lot of those conversations but i also felt or i feel like i have been negligent in really figuring out a way for us to be of service together and there was a place that was rolling burritos and giving food out but it was always at like night times at times it wasn't conducive to, with a child Um, and then I also don't want to just take her to random like soup kitchens where I just feel like that, you know, you never know there could be violence. It might not be safe for her, things like that. So this, this is giving me good things to, to look at more, you know, deeply into.
1: You can always call me. Okay. Thank you. Or just email me. Thank you. Um, because yeah, you want to make sure, um, I, I indicated earlier I was the philanthropy chair for the National Charity League when my daughter was involved. And that was one of the things is I was selecting organizations, um, but it had to be safe. Yeah. And it, it, there's something called a place called home, but it was right in the middle of downtown LA. And I just felt like I can't take a group of kids there. Totally. Just, you just never know. Yeah.
0: You know, they're things that are out of your control. mm mm-hmm. um, What was that like? I mean, did you just learn about all the charities around the entire country? Well, it's what kind of- What was that like?
1: It's what I do mm-hmm. for my profession, and then I found the organizations that are local, so the West Side Children's Center or all the uh, the other organizations that needed you know youth volunteerism with them. And it's fun. I mean, the kids had a great time. They would do face painting for their uh for their fundraiser, or they'd go and they would read, you know once every twice a month, they'd mm-hmm. go and they'd read that. to the kids. Um, and
0: that's, I mean, that's a significant amount of time, twice a month.
1: Well, you do it for two hours yeah. and then, you know. But that's great. They did it as a group. Mm-hmm. So finding safe organizations that are meaningful and where the kids can volunteer. Yeah.
0: And then what, because you have many jobs. I do. <laughs> what is the job that you've been doing for all of these years that got you into this line of work? All the- the, co- the institution or you work for one main family?
1: No, I, I actually run now um, six oh. uh, foundations. But it, but again, I've, I've been doing it for so long. It allows me to, you know, do from home sometimes. It allows me for San and I to travel and do trainings or do retreats and workshops. And I do it remotely. I just, I try not to be gone for over a month because that gets really hard. What it was really my background. I mean, I had a degree in economics from UCLA. That was not. But then, when uh, our daughter went to high school, I went back to grad school. I went back to school, grad school, and I did um, a couple masters and then my PhD. So that I felt then that I was really able to apply what I was had been doing, but I could do it better, more educated.
0: So you help families of wealth. Figure out how to give money to causes Mm -hmm. that they believe in. Mm -hmm. That's so awesome.
1: And how to keep them on the straight and narrow and apply all the rules and laws and things that are appropriate.
0: That's so cool. It's really cool. What a great job. I know.
1: I get to help people (laughs) give away their money. I just love it. And I really, you know, you get into this philanthropic sector and it's really people that want to do good. Mm -hmm. They want to do well. They felt like they've been gifted with things and now they want to give back. And so it's just a lovely group of folks. And the gentleman that I started with 35 years ago is now 97 and a half.
0: Wow.
1: And I just love him. I know.
0: And that, that was something that came up in your paper and that's something I think about because I feel like in this age where, and we're in LA and we're in a part of LA that is very fluent, like- there is so much money and there's so many people that don't have money at the same time. And I do feel like I don't I don't see a lot of people volunteering. I see what charity work I do see is just like the big glitzy parties and it it doesn't feel at all about a, the service. And um, and your paper edit even said that this that sense of civic duty has drastically declined. Um, in our current modern day society, and I came from a similar background. My my great grandfather, great great grandfather, was a mayor and like very political for fifty plus years in Memphis. And my grandmother always said, you know, it's our civic duty to mm-hmm. these things. She was in the first chapter of Planned Parenthood there. Like she was always being of service because she didn't have to work to make money, and that was but that was her work. Mm-hmm. And she really instilled that in my mom. My mom's always working with underprivileged communities and um, like wh- why, why do you think we, are we just like so self-serving now and it's, or is it globalization or we're all not living in um, even the towns that we grew up in even more so now? I mean, I just, I don't, I don't know what to like put that towards. Well, the reasoning.
1: and I don't either, um, but there's a gentleman, Robert Putnam, and he wrote a boat, a book called Bowling Alone. And it's okay. the loss about, about the loss of c- civic yeah, society. That's what I was reading about. Yeah. And so people aren't feeling a sense of community. Mm-hmm. You know, they got a TV in the fifties and so they didn't go out as much. And then bowling uh, leagues. Now and it's like, it's like t- you could I watch know. TV 24 seven. I mean, um, so what I really think about it is it's a loss of community. Because if you you look at the local churches or the synagogues here, they're doing a lot of volunteer service. Yeah. And there's a lot of opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it needs to be organized. Right. And you need to feel a part of a community.
0: Yeah. And it, it feels overwhelming to try to figure it out yourself because I do stop start of that. You know, I get really into trying to figure it out and then I get overwhelmed and like, I don't know where to start. And so then it just.
1: Well, that's why it's resolves. really great to get a group of, of moms. Right. Moms get shit done. You know. Yep. Here, here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Here, here, and I do think we are in a time where there's so much, which I talk about on this podcast a lot. There is so much that is kind of going to shit right now. You know, there's so much darkness, and mm-hmm. with that, there's so much light that can be brought to it. So it's kind of like wherever you feel called, we just have to show up and start working. Now, it's it's kind of I don't even feel like it is an option, really. No, um, but this I love this this just discussion this topic because it's so important to get our kids into this at a young age. So it's just part of their daily mm-hmm. thought process, right? Like, how do we give back? I'm so lucky. I mean, we drive by PCH on the ocean every day and I, we literally say a prayer every time. I'm like, thank you. And, you know, with my girls, like there's Mother Ocean. Thank mm-hmm. you. How how are we so lucky to live right here,
1: you know? Oh, totally. I agree. And it's, I, I, I was listening to your podcast um, from January 8th. And you are talking about, again, giving to others. Mm. And it could be something as simple as just having someone call up and you give them an ear or mm-hmm. holding their baby when mm-hmm. they're distressed, you know, yeah. so they can regulate their Take system. a shower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Like just wanting to get through the shower without oh my, my milk God, spurting I out know. all over the place. It's so yeah. real.
0: I remember before
1: I had Jemima,
0: my first one, a friend just looked me dead in the eye. She's like, listen, you can just call me. I won't even talk to you. I won't even look at you. I'll just hold the baby. You can go take a shower. And it sounds so crazy before it happens to you. You're like, well, no, we could hang out. We could have a visit. And then you're like, oh, I really do want that. I don't want to look at you. I don't want to talk. I just need a fucking shower. <laughs> thank you.
1: <laughs> exactly. So I really that resonated with that one.
0: Mm, thank you.
1: Hi,
0: ladies. I wanted to let you know about a new skincare line I'm using called clear stem skincare it is a non-toxic zero hormone disruptor all-natural new skincare line that is geared towards anti-aging and anti-acne which are two of the things that I need for my 40 plus year old skin Um, I don't know about you but I've been a little lax in the skincare face game during quarantine just because of my little free time with the kiddos but um, I've been using, since I received it, their vitamin scrub. It's a vitamin C scrub, and it's incredible. It's an awesome all-natural exfoliator. And when you finish, your face just feels super smooth and brightened. It's like it kind of just gets rid of that dullness. Um, I've been using that as well as a couple of their serums at night. And honestly, I love everything I've been using. Um, they are woman-run and created company. You can go on their website and read all about their stories, but I really love that. They, they met, one was running an acne clinic and the other was having adult acne and was a holistic nutritionist and they teamed up together to start this company to offer real results that weren't affecting your fertility, weren't affecting your immune system, weren't affecting your ongoing health. Because as we know, the unclean products we use in our skin affects the entire rest of our body. So this is definitely a company I get behind. They're being very generous and offering a code to all of the Mother the Mother audience. If you're interested, you can go to their website and it is clearstemskincare.com. That's clear, C-L-E-R-S-T-E-M-S-K-I-N-C-A-R-E.com. Skin, And use Mother the Mother at checkout, which is capital M-T-M. That's the code for most of the products that I will be sharing. M-T-M is the code at checkout for 10% off of your products. And you will also receive 15% off of their Ditch Your Acne course, which is a new course that has already helped thousands of women. So if you're struggling with acne right now, if you're going through hormonal upheaval, check out Clear Scum. It is a great company and I am just really excited about the results that I've seen thus far. Okay, so we're going to talk and people, I'll be giving more information because I think that's a really great way to start of getting some moms together and we'll just co-create it. We'll create,
1: you know, a way to be of service with our kids. And if I can help, you know, with yes, passion. And then I was also um, thinking about, especially around the holidays, this is what we do. Is, um, we, w- there's online platforms of, of giving opportunities. So it's almost like this giving circle. So you've got Kiva, you've got the Heifer Project.
0: Oh, yeah, I've done that before.
1: Uh, you've got the 10,000 Villages. Uh, you can give the Habitat for Humanity, but also Grameen. I don't know that. G R A M E E N. They're both, um, it's international. Muhammad, uh, Umus. I think it's, it's Y. I'm met him. I might feel terrible. Y U M U S. They're international, but they're also local. They've mm. just started some, um, things in the United States. What's great about Kiva and Grameen is that you can look at all these different women, whatever they need. So all of their, they have a profile.
0: Mm, and then that. your kids yeah, can you pick,
1: really well, know. I want to give to mm. this or I want to give to that. And so that's another way to do it, uh, especially around the holidays. I think yeah. it's important. It's like, okay, totally. we're getting all these gifts now. Yeah. Let's give some totally. gifts. I love that. So. And there's
0: this little market in the Palisades Village, the little market. hmm And they have these great wares that are made from women all around the world. And you see a picture. Right. And it it does make you really feel part of it. Right. And I love that.
1: Um, Yeah, I love to read their stories. Yeah, me too. And it makes me think about it because we didn't do it the last few years because we've been been upset about the politics. So we've been giving Mm -hmm. to uh, Planned Parenthood and, and Southern Poverty Law Center and organizations that are helping. Totally. But I want to get back to this. Yeah. (laughs) Okay.
0: (laughs) So much to talk about, Tracy. could be hours and hours. Um, Okay. Well, we can put that in the show notes too, these different organizations, Okay, which would be helpful. So then you've been doing this as your job for what, 30 years? 35. 35. And then, you know, just because you had a lot of extra time, (laughs) you started a whole institute with Stan. We did. And it's- the it's called PACT, PACT, and it's the psychobiological approach to couples therapy. That it is. Um please explain.
1: <sighs> <laughs> so in a nutshell. <laughs> well, when actually it's interesting because Stan was on this journey. He's a psychotherapist, and we knew each other growing up, but we were not in the same <sighs> groups. Oh no, he was in music. We met in seventh grade science class. Oh my god, I love you both
0: even more. Oh (laughs) my god, my heart's exploding right now. Okay, and but he was
1: like this (gasps) drummer musician, and I. God, he was a drummer. Oh yeah. Oh. He was like a prodigy. (laughs) Oh my god. He was a studio musician at like six or seven. I mean, no, he's. (gasps) That's a busy brain he's got there. My my my
0: brain is like exploding right now. You guys have known each other since I love that. Okay.
1: (laughs) So we we didn't run in the same crowds. I dated surfers and played beach volleyball and all that. And he was that sounds awesome too. It was fun. It was fun. And he was like the dark brooding musician. And (laughs) but unbeknownst to me, he had had a crush on me all through junior high and high school, and I had no idea. And so
0: you guys went to Paul Revere.
1: We went to Paul Revere. Paul Revere and Pally. Yeah. Um, he went off to Pepperdine and went to UCLA. And we each got married, didn't work out. And 20-something years ago, he reached out to me. Wow. And he said, hey, I wonder what Boldman's doing. <laughs> and there you go. So Wow. Was at- it like
0: on, like soon? You're like, oh.
1: No, because he was still not that long out of a divorce. Mm-hmm. And so he was still kind he of the walking wounded, mm-hmm. whereas I was I, – I was 5 years out but I hadn't been dating because mm-hmm. I thought okay got a daughter right. got a job got mm-hmm. a great kid but I yeah. need to do some work on myself which is what I did so when Stan and I got together and then about a year later we really started thinking oh this might this is going to be permanent what can we do differently mm. and that was a time where he was exploring mother infant okay. attachment relationships yeah. and it just kind of morphed into couples and he was just learning and learning and learning. And he would teach me, he would teach me, he would teach me. And we'd go rock, walking around the man-made lake in Galabasas where we live. And he would just impart all this information. Wow. And it really coalesced into working with developmental neuroscience, with attachment, with arousal, and kind of working with that and repairing attachment injuries in your primary relationship now. Then he started doing conferences and talking about it and people everywhere he went, they wanted to learn. Because of genius. Well, he's really, he's smart and he's able to impart that mm-hmm. information, you know, grok it down into English, not yeah. into nerdies.
0: Yeah.
1: And because <laughs> we're both nerds. That's a I'm given. a nerd too. I, I mean,
0: I nerd out all day long.
1: I am proud yeah. nerd. <laughs> Me too. Um, and so that's how the Institute came about is that we put it into an organized fashion and now we teach- we're going to be in Spain teaching next month and Istanbul next month, and we'll be in Colorado and Boulder this weekend.
0: So cool. So people can find you from the PACT Institute. Right, PACT Institute Dom. Mm-hmm. And so that was really fascinating because I didn't know that piece of the story of that Stan's work really started with mothers and babies until mm-hmm. it was like the last minute of our session with him. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Tell me about <laughs> that. It's like my life's like, work. I didn't know you did that. Um, but then he said, no one was really coming, I think, because also you're just in that. I mean, the birth world has also changed. I mean, from when I had Jemima till now in the eight and a half years, it's like you know night and day. Right. But he said that, you know, he just wasn't getting that many moms because I think also when you're in that newborn phase and like toddlerhood, it's just you're you're just trying to get through the day. Right. You know, it's so much, and then your relationships going through, you know, grenade here, grenade there, and it's just so much. Um. But then I love that he really realized that the way that he could heal that relationship was then through working with the parents and then also you as a couple when you're grown also and really repairing all that attachment stuff. Right, because
1: so you're hurt by people, but you're healed by people. Yeah. And so your person is the only one, you know, your parents may be dead, all, all yeah. sorts of stuff, but so that's your person to work through work stuff. And again, when you think about it, as parents, you and David are the roof of the house here. Right. And your kids live under that roof. So it's really up to you guys to do a good job with each other so you can be a better parent. Yeah. And it's funny because again, we're in a blended family. Uh, Joanna is our daughter, but she's my daughter, my biological daughter. And she, again, Joanna is very close to her dad as well. And so Stan's kind of just like a bonus dad. Mm. But when, Stan and I talked about making each other our primaries, I thought, well, I've got this kid, you know, I kind of, I messed her up. I got divorced. I was never going to get divorced and blah, blah, blah in my head. And then I realized, wait a minute, I can be such a better parent to Joanna if I have a partner that I'm grounded with Mm -hmm. at the roof of the house. And so it just made sense. And it makes perfect sense to Joanna as well. Because one time Stan was coming in and he asked me if I was okay when Joanna and I were having a huge argument. And um, Joanna was like, Well, what, you know, wait, what am I, chopped liver? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, No, I'm that way he calms me down. Mm-hmm. He resources me so I can be a better mom to you.
0: And it's so hard. It's so hard. Well, because our kids. It's our babies. They're little vulnerable creatures. And it's like, it just, I mean, that when I talk about this work, that's like the number one thing that everyone, it's just hard because we project all this shit onto our partners too that we don't like. Mm -hmm. So it's like, well, no, you're not my primary. My cute, precious little baby that adores me and everything about me is my primary. You know, it's just so easy to do that. It's very challenging.
1: Yeah, but again- But it know.
0: does. I mean, it, it totally
1: pays off if you do the work. And yeah, do the work to resource each other yeah. so that you've got the energy, the resources yeah. to deal with two kids
0: Yeah,
1: and be just present for them. Yeah. So
0: how old was Joanna when you guys got together? 10. Okay. Was that a difficult time? Like being a tween?
1: Um, It was really interesting because she liked Dan very much. Mm-hmm. And then when she realized he was permanent, <laughs> <laughs> that, then she would get, like because she's an again an avid reader mm-hmm. so she would come mm-hmm. and sit in between us mm-hmm. and if I would get a belief she wouldn't say a word just and he just kind of he went with it and but then when we got engaged and we asked her to help us plan the wedding she just owned the whole relationship mm-hmm. then and so we did actually go to the store and get family wedding rings So she has her own little wedding ring and then Stan's goddaughter as well. So I think including her and having her own this new family creation, having her be a part of it. So that really, that did make the difference. And now they're just like thick as thieves, the two of them. Because she's more like him.
0: That's interesting. (laughs) Yeah. What's your sign? I'm Taurus. What's Stan's sign?
1: Sagittarius? Sagittarius. Is that November 4th?
0: Oh, he's a Scorpio. Okay, I know it started no, with an S. I'm a Scorpio. Okay, no wonder I love him so much.
1: <laughs> I'm not good for size. I'm it's November like... second. Oh, no, you are. You're just okay. blowing
0: my mind in the Stan realm today. Because <laughs> <laughs> literally everyone. I mean, I just, you know, we have gone to Stan. I wish we could go weekly. You know, if that was in our finances, but it's not. But he has been such a part of our journey when we're at a place where we we just can't move forward on our own you Mm -hmm. know and we just go a couple times then like kind of get re-regulated um but as i was saying before we started recording when we did the retreat with you both last april in costa rica it was so beautiful to really see all the work actualized and modeled for us because it all sounds good you know when he's when he's and when you're in therapy with him like it all sounds really great but then to see you guys just doing it not even consciously doing it, but just the way that you regulate and stand. Now it's time to move on to this next topic, <laughs> and the like. But he's not feeling like you're, you know, being a nag or judge. You know, it's like you guys are just a beautiful team.
1: Well, thank you. And it was
0: really inspiring. Dave and I both walked away from that, being
1: like, "Wow!" So come to Spain. Mm.
0: Well, actually, I'm just learning Spanish, so maybe that'll be my reward when okay. I can speak Spanish.
1: Yes, we're, we're doing a number of retreats this year, but one of the okay, exciting cool. ones is, is with the same group is we're going to Spain, mm. up in the Basque, northern mm. Spain. Amazing. Bilbao and all of that down in one of the places we're staying is a restored monastery. Mm. I yes, know, I and at, an Ayurvedic spa. We have five days and good food, good healthy food. But we're doing that sounds amazing. Yeah, we're doing weekend ones, we're doing four day ones, and we're doing one. Oh, with um, in October in Santa Fe. Oh, I love Santa Fe. It's it's the Four Seasons even, and it's the adjacent property is um is a horse property, a ranch, oh. and I can't remember Maybe. the name of the ranch, but um, we're partnering with the folks from the it's they're called Equus is the name of their company. They have six horses. And like they a fun
0: therapy yeah but
1: it's more they do a lot of mm. leadership retreats mm. and they've come oh, to our cool. couples retreats so Stan and I are going to be doing the morning part and then they're going to be um, taking the group out and work with the horses on what we've just learned because a oh horse my is- God.
0: that's a dream you know, I'm, I'm a horse obsessed yeah
1: well, but, so that's in October for okay. five days
0: well, we might I'll see be, a lot of I'll you be next year I'll looking
1: that up when you leave
0: <laughs> That sounds amazing. And a lot yeah. of your trainings. So
1: who can get trained in PACT?
0: Do you have to be a therapist?
1: Do you you have, have to be either a licensed or pre licensed. Okay. At this time, we're we're trying. you know, we're so busy, but we're trying to design a program for folks like life coaches. Yeah. The
0: others I want that.
1: I'm just putting yeah. that out there. Okay. That's uh, we've had so many requests. Yeah. And then the couples retreats are just for couples.
0: Yeah. So great. It literally was just amazing.
1: Our hearts are so full Mm. when we finish. And I hope you guys can see it because usually I end up crying. Yeah. Which I do.
0: It was, no, it felt so full. And it was so inspiring to see everyone that showed up. Because we are, okay, so Dave and I are both islands. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there was that kind of like, who? What are we getting involved? Like, what are we setting up for? You know, who are these
1: other people? Yeah. Um. Do we have to share? Do we, yeah, have, we have to, to have. share?
0: Or like, do I have... It's more like, do we have to hang out? You know, because I just, I want to... I have two kids too, like young kids. Like, I just want to be quiet and silent and not talk either. So it's actually a beautiful, both of those things, right? You could take or leave, whatever. But the classroom work was so inspiring. But it was so cool to see people... Of all ages from around the world. I mean, there's that couple that in their 80s from New Zealand. They were amazing.
1: And he came and did the training.
0: He did? In Berkeley. And then in LA. He's what, like 84 or something? He's so oh sweet. Oh my god. He was hilarious. Just I mean. Oh my God. What what it was so it was just it was so great to see. Like how love life and relationship shows up for all of us and they're universal things Mm -hmm. and they're also differences, you know, and it's cool to see all of it.
1: Yeah. And you can learn from everybody there. And really it's it's, uh, our job to create that safe space Mm -hmm. for the sharing Mm -hmm. and for the work to get done. Yeah. And so we work very hard at at doing that and really trying to meet the needs for all the – each retreat is different. Yeah, I'm sure. Because what walks in the door is different. Yeah. So – but it, and yeah. that
0: really speaks to both of your brains because that's a lot to be able to hold that and to, you know, not just have this like set agenda that mm-hmm. we're just like, we're just preaching this. And it's like, no, it's you're really, it is a co-creation because it's like, it's a give and take of who is there.
1: Well, that again, that's how Stan and I rely on each other to, to get this stuff done. And then we have our agreements on, okay, when you tell me it's time to move, I'm going to trust that, you know, it's time to move on. Right.
0: So do you really – so the principal work is a big part of it, of having kind of like the Ten Commandments or whatever your number is of your relationship, of one's relationship. Do you guys do that or do you even have to do that anymore?
1: I know you talked about that one on the 15th. I I heard that too on your (laughs) –
0: We made it to – I mean, we made it to 10 years a lot thanks to you and Stan. So thank you.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: I mean, it was – that was no easy
1: feat. (laughs) I know you've done work with Stan, but I obviously he doesn't tell me about what the work. But uh-huh. thank you. Um, we th- that's where that all came from is that these are our agreements, yeah. and so we do we do not know where we put them because uh-huh. <laughs> they were written down, and then I, we kept adding because uh-huh. it's an it's an organic process, yeah. really. Oh, that one's not working for us, or it's not necessary. Uh-huh. This one we need to keep. And so, one of the things we've talked about recently is like, okay, let's put it on a laptop. Let's yeah. type it in
0: so we and
1: them. see if they're all working for us because we can remember them. But yeah, it's just nice to have a concrete thing.
0: Yeah, I think we need to get con- a little bit more concrete with them. I mean, we have we have our general guidelines, and we, I mean, the ones that Stan gave us too of like our examples, we really agreed with a lot of those. Mm-hmm. and we just tweaked them a little bit, but it. it it was so thorough. We covered a lot well, those, of bases.
1: Yeah. Those are based on ours. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, those are basically our vows this time. But it is, you know, <laughs> it's interesting putting them all into practice because it's, you know, we're human. Oh, and yeah. Tired.
1: And tired. And you have to, oh, wait, wait. We agreed. That's just, yeah. we don't do this or mm-hmm. we do this for each other. And then mm-hmm. you just oh, shit. Okay. Yeah just move forward cuz we do we get tired or we get excited yeah i love stan when he uh had had a really bad day at work and i kept what's happening him going oh i can't wait for you to come home i can't wait for you to come home and you know it's okay that i say this um and so he got home from work but that day his brand new ipad had come mm. And he had run home during lunch to plug it in so it would be fully charged when he got home. So I'm standing in the kitchen anticipating that he's going to come and give me this big hug and all of that. He walks in behind me, the iPad. (laughs) He's gone. And I started crying. And normally I do the welcome home, but I was really in need of him to come find me. He knew I was like in a vulnerable spot. So then I, goes back he goes into his office and so i go back into the back room and i've got these big tears i'm like mm. he looked at me goes oh, fuck me i am so sorry <laughs> so he just saw the bells and whistles behind totally. me and it just went like yeah. that so
0: but that even shows your strength and your vulnerability because you know my go to is uh, fuck you, you know, like, and wanting to get really angry because I'm hurt. So the fact that you can, you know, just stay open too is a testament to the work. It's
1: taken time because you think about it. Well, I could, I could stay yeah. in the kitchen, cry my ass out and think, what a fucking asshole and yeah. get in the car and just go for a ride or yeah. something. But that wouldn't get my needs met and it wouldn't right. send the message to him. This is not, this totally. is what we do. So I just mm-hmm. walked back. All he had to do was look at me.
0: And course, correct. And he's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That has helped me knowing that um, with the principles to apologize. I have a real, just knee jerk no
1: <laughs> to <laughs> apologizing because you're a strong personality.
0: <laughs> I guess, but it's so weird because I'm such a people pleaser. Like a part of me is a real Southern people pleaser, mm-hmm. but then I'm like not. Then I'm a Scorpio, like very strong willed, of very distinct um, opinions. And, um, but there, I think it's just childhood trauma stuff and, you know, I was a child of alcoholics. Like it's very textbook stuff of my personality also. Mm -hmm. Um, but there will be a moment where David is asking for an apology, like very, like, even in a fight, like pretty mindfully, you know, he's not raging and, It's, it's literally like there's a spirit like holding me down, like you cannot apologize. And it's so
1: (laughs) challenging. It's stuck in your craw. Yeah.
0: It's really crazy. But now I can kind of see it and detach from it. And then it's sometimes like you just fake it till you make it too. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you just have to be like, yeah, I'm really sorry. You may not feel that with 100% of your cells at that moment, but.
1: But it can calm you down enough.
0: Yeah. To move on. Relationships
1: are hard. Mm -hmm.
0: So you really co-created this whole type of learning together.
1: Well, I mean, it's his brain and all of Mm -hmm. that. But then my contributions on how it lives out in daily lives. Like you'll hear that at the retreat. I'm not giving you the brain science or or anything. I'm not talking about the amygdala. But I bring in what we do day to day and how it works out day to day.
0: You bring in the divine feminine. I mean, you do bring in that feminine aspect, the mother, which is the creator. I mean, you you, and that's the beauty, the beautiful part of seeing you two together is you do really anchor it. Um, and I love that he's such a nerd. I mean, he's like scanning everybody. I mean, he's such a scientist, which is what I love about the work too. Mm -hmm. But then to really see how it's played out is so important, obviously.
1: Right. So yes, we you know we were called co-founders and Mm -hmm. co-creators and things like that. So it's it's just we feel like it's our mission.
0: Yeah.
1: That was another thing that was interesting as I was kind of looking back at my dissertation which I haven't looked at in 5 years. Um and thinking about coming here today and talking and I you you got my brain started on so many different things about, you know, family mission statements and vision statements and mm. you know what what we want our kids to know what is important to us and mm-hmm. then it got me onto the I don't know if you've heard of the Jewish ethical wills.
0: You told me about that. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, that please was- Please m-
1: share a little bit about that. I love that. I think I wrote some stuff down. Um, so the Jew- Jewish ethical wills, there's there's books on it that you can learn. And I couldn't find my capstone for my master's on it. I couldn't find the paper. But they're really, the ethical wills, you know, you're gonna, a normal will, you're giving away your, your earthly goods mm-hmm. and stuff to the next generation- but the ethical wills is you're passing along your life lessons, your values, your ethics, your your rules for daily conduct, mm-hmm. how you want to live your life, what your ideal deals are, and some of them include family stories, um, because why not? Yeah. Um, it, you know, it, it gives it the the next generation the sense of who they are mm-hmm. and where they came from, and I. St- It's, you know, done normally at the end of the life. It used to be done, you know, around the bedside and, Mm. you know, David or Joshua or whoever would bring all their kids and they would hand on, impart this, this knowledge. And I started thinking, well, why not as a parent, as a couple, regardless, single parent couple is to do it in in an annual reflection Mm. in a notebook. And then your your kids would have it. Like, what stories came up? What did I learn this year? What was my biggest growth thing? What do I want you to know? Mm, And so now you've given me a new paper to write or something. Man.
0: That is a project I want to get behind. That's amazing. Okay. Wouldn't that be fun? Amazing. And there's this book that I've talked about on this podcast, and it eludes me right now, but it basically is this couple. They were, um, like business coaches and worked in corporations. So they really brought that knowledge to the family. So you have like a code of ethics, what's your mission statement Mm -hmm. with your family, Um, having, you know, monthly meeting, uh, kids. um, Oh my God, my brain. I'm still postpartum. I feel like Um, when you make money, allowance, Uh you know, having um, a real goal and like, are you meeting those goals? What's the end game? Like all these things like, you know, really running your home like a business. But I love this part of it because this is even a deeper level. Right. I love that. And I think because I really worry about my kids not feeling connected to my family and David's family, but My family is what I know. And so we were Southerners, you know, like five, six generations back. And so everyone knew our history, you know, it was, it was part of our lives. And Mm -hmm. now, you know, some days I just get gutted that my kids don't know my great-grandparents and my grandparents and, you know, my girls won't know my dad. I mean, he, he died four years ago. Um, uh, Both David's parents are dead. You know, it's, it does make Part of me just really heartsick sick, and so that's a beautiful way to bring that in, also in sharing stories. And I want to do a whole family wall. Oh, that's great! Because I feel like, I mean, I love living here, but it's also we're so, um, we're so distant from how I grew up and where I grew up, and so um, that's
1: actually a really beautiful way that I can start bringing that in more mindfully without being overwhelmed. That was yeah. the, the reason why I thought, well, look, if you're doing this all at the end, what, what if you can't remember, right? <laughs> It's a lot of pressure. Um, but also I just, so I'm, it's a project I'm mm-hmm. going to work on as well.
0: Mm. All right. That's given me a lot to think about, but I love that. And it's just, you know, I do think with little kids, especially there's so much we have to do. There's so much we want to do. And I know I get an overwhelm. Mm-hmm. So just having little pieces of a project that I can you know, slowly grow over time helps me just to do it because otherwise I just shut down.
1: Right, it's just too overwhelming. Yeah, and really, right now your job is you know keeping your girls safe. Yeah, right, helping yeah. them to thrive. Yeah, what totally. to do? And then you're doing this to yeah. help all the other mothers out here.
0: Well, we all just have to band together. Oh yeah, and we really are. I mean, I do think we are at a beautiful time as women because it is changing, and we're really owning that. As mothers and women, we are totally the cornerstone of the family. I mean, our energy, you know, creates the energy of the family, with mm-hmm. our partnership, our kids, everything. And so it is a big job. It's a huge job. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are ways that we can do it, especially when we have the support of each other. Yeah. I mean, that's. And tag out too. I mean, I mean, just to be really honest, I went and, went to a nerd talk last night on 5g and i'm so overwhelmed by like radiation and just wi-fi and cell towers like it's 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 um i mean you i can sound like a crazy person it's fine i'm I'm used to sounding like a crazy person but like it's to me there's a lot of validity to it and Mm -hmm. it's a lot of our government not being truthful and, you know, it's overwhelming. I mean, this morning I was texting with a friend. I was like, I literally like can't think about anything beyond my day today because my nervous system is so shocked and rocked. Yeah, it's been. Yeah. And so, but just even knowing that about myself is like, okay, I'm not going to like, I'm going to ha- be present with you and I'm going to have this great time with you. And then I'm going to like go for a walk because that's what my nervous system needs today. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to go see some trees and maybe I don't get my whole to-do list. So I think there's. There's that aspect too of like, we are holding so much as moms right now. It's like, my mom didn't have to worry about the water we're drinking, the food you're eating, you know, the Wi-Fi in the schools, like where the cell towers, like it, it was such a simpler, Yes. you know, it's always been hard as a human, like life has always been hard. But I think with my clients, I see it. And my mom friends, we have so much decision fatigue because it's like every little thing in your day takes so much research.
1: And so much thought to just make one decision. Right. And, uh, you know, you just want the best for your family and for yourself. Yeah. And it does get overwhelming. And I'm glad you're going to go walk and breathe the trees. Yeah. Hug the trees. I know. Because, like,
0: that's what, you know, that's what kind of can help me unlock from my brain and worry. Because there's also, there's what we can control and there's what we can't control. And being able to dance within the two.
1: Yeah, and exercise is that for me. Yeah, me too. Do it, you walk every day? Um, or Pilates. Mm-hmm. And, or, you know, go to the gym and just do the elliptical and watch the TVs or just something, some sort of movement. And that was why it was so hard when I had the broken ribs in the clavicle, which I go today to get x-rayed again. It was just like I was depressed. Yeah. How did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> I fell. You don't even want to know. I fell into a door frame. So I just went.
0: And then you went on retreat?
1: No, then it was right before Christmas. We went to oh, Thailand. Okay. Can't so can you
0: got on a plane.
1: I'm like, a, I've got my arm in a sling and Stan's carrying all my stuff. Hey, we got to board early with the disabled.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Were you able to chill in Thailand? Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. I, I just, we went to see the elephants and all that and I couldn't, oh couldn't He's bathe them. Um, but mm-hmm. I could do everything else. You feed them. We went to the most gorgeous sanctuary. Oh, it was lovely.
0: Dreams. I want to do that. I know.
1: Just like pet their little
0: head. Mm-hmm.
1: I know. And what's great is the place that we selected, uh, I researched heavily because I didn't want anything where they took advantage of mm-hmm. these elephants. And yeah. so these uh, they have th- thousands of acres The elephants go free. And- they have like eight or nine of them and part of a family. And if they want to come down and interact with people, they do. Mm-hmm. They never have more than 15 people there. Wow. And you just do their daily routine. You feed them Amazing. and then you take them for a walk, You go walking with them and then bathe them in the mud bath and then rinse them off in the river. Oh. So it's all just part of their daily lives. It's not so like you're cool. intruding on their space.
0: I'm going to need that name too.
1: Okay. I'm going to fi- <laughs> I have to find it. Yeah. Cause I was really.
0: You're a wealth of information I want.
1: Because <laughs> I love to research like you do.
0: Um, so if there's anything that you feel really important to impart with new moms or moms, you know, looking back in your own journey as a mom with a young kid or what you see as major issues now, like, I mean, I know that's a difficult question, but if, like there's like any little nugget that you feel
1: called to share. Find community. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm blessed because both my parents died in their 50s. So I had Joanna and she didn't have, but I've got sisters Mm -hmm. who, Joanna never had a babysitter that wasn't a family member. Wow. And that's hard for a single mom. Mm -hmm. And I was a single mom for really over five years. Mm -hmm. Um, But I found community and that's the girlfriends that I walk with. Mm -hmm. We met in mommy and me and we've just banded together and we've just walked each other one of them just mm-hmm. her husband just passed away last saturday so we yeah. we walk the walk mm-hmm. and we show up for each other i love it. and that's just if there's anything you can do to feed yourself and thus your children mm-hmm. it's to take care of yourself and be part of a community
0: yeah i love that Thank you so much for being here.
1: Oh, thank you. It wasn't as scary oh, as I thought. Good. No, you're natural.
0: <laughs> this is the first one of a Tracy series.
1: Oh, my.
0: <laughs> but thank you, really. Uh, this You've given me a lot to think about, and I'm excited because I've really been feeling stagnant in the in service with my
1: family. So um, I'm excited. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Um, we're going away this weekend, but then I, I can get resources okay, awesome. and stuff to to you.
0: Yeah, and I'll put a lot of this stuff in the show notes and then we'll just we'll get a group going. Okay. I'm so excited. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, and if you have a
1: group and you want me to come and talk.
0: Oh, I'd love that. Why not? Yeah. Okay. This is
1: my passion too. Awesome. Thank okay. you so Thanks, much. Michael. Love you. Love you.